Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The glove, nothing personal word of the day is the glove. Cannot believe that I'm looking at NBA champion with the Miami Heat, Gary Payton, who broke my heart so many times as a player because I was a Nick fan. And Gary Payton was the single best defender I ever saw play. And I've been watching basketball since the Earl Monroe, Walt Frazier days. Gary Payton, welcome to nothing personal. Thank you, David. Uh, thanks for having me, you guys. And uh, it's going to be a pleasure. Just have some fun. I, I got to start talking about the big three because I'm fascinated by your team. And I'm fascinated by the fact that you're coaching that team. And I, I just have to ask, you're heading to the Bahamas. You have a matchup against Lisa Leslie. And I think they've got Joe Johnson, the MVP of the league. What are you going to do to stop them exactly? Well, we played them earlier this year, David. And, you know, Joe... We we held Joe in check, but then he let Par he he hit Pargo, he hit our Moon. They were making shots against us, and then they beat us by six. The year before last year, when he got MVP, we played him in the same um, scenario in the playoffs like last year, in the semifinals, and they beat us again in a close matchup. And I just think that our players have to just play. You know what I'm saying? We don't have to worry about Joe. I think we can stop him and 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 slow him down. I think if we then become more aggressive and make him, you know, react to us instead of we react to him, I think we'll be just fine. We both were six and two this year in the big three. And I, I feel good about this game on, on Saturday. We just got to go out and play. Uh, I seen his quotes today about the team that he's got to start off with, with our team, three-headed monsters, with me and, me and uh, Reggie. You know, he knows we're, we're not going to lay down. We're going to come and play and, and we, we're going to have fun. But, but my team just have to be their self. So tell me about another member of your team, Kevin Murphy. What does he mean to your team? Kevin Murphy means a lot to my team. That's, that's my score. I, I had I needed another score from last year because we didn't have that. Uh, I see I saw that Richard was slowing down with the with the Achilles injury that he had the year before he didn't come back as a player I wanted him to come back as then we had McMoo who was a smaller guard you know older he's the same age as me we was in the same draft and people take advantage they want to post him up and do the things and I needed a bigger guard that could score and when I seen Murphy uh I wanted him last year matter of fact but I couldn't get him because he wasn't in the draft pool and this year he was and when I got him he's been a big plus for us uh, he's been scoring the basketball, shooting it. When he don't have it going for us, we struggle a lot. And you know, David, we're the number one scoring team in, in the big three. So when he got it going on and Reggie got it going on, I, I think we're a hard team to beat. I think we, people need to listen again to what you just said. The number one scoring team. This is coming from 
one of the all-time greatest defensive players in the history of basketball, and you're now preaching offense. I can hardly believe my ears right now, Gary. But David, I'm not really, I'm not really preaching that because you know why? Because I talk to him all the time. I said, man, if we get stopped and we're struggling, we can stay in a basketball game. They don't, you know, in this three-on-three basketball, it's very hard to coach defense because a lot of the guys, if they suck in and the, and the point guard is breaking them down, they're kicking it to players over there with wide open, and it's, it's a harder recovery. You know, if we had four or five guys, the four men or the fourth man or the fifth man can recover to that and, and, and try to defend it. But we can't do that here, especially if you got a good guard who can break you down. Hey, in today's NBA, even the five-on-five, five, those guys barely recover to cover the guys on the wing, by the way. So it's not yeah. just the three-on-three. I'll agree with you on that one. That's a, that's a for sure. So how, how did you get into coaching? Because it's something that you're obviously good at. And I, I think about sort of your past and who you learned from and your mentors. Tell me how this happened here with you getting involved with the big three. Well, you know, Ice Cube called me. They wanted me to play at first. And I'm like, you know, basketball is done for me. I've done what I needed to do in basketball. I don't, I don't need to do it anymore. I mean, I can coach it. You know what I'm saying? I can try to coach it because a lot of these players respect me. I can give them some um, some 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 good insight on how to play this game, especially three on three. You know, it's just like playing Rutgers or any playground basketball. It's just you pick up two. Hey, you want to get a good game of three on three? We can play. It's the same thing. And I knew I could coach that. And if you have the right players in the right positions, three on three is easy. You know what I'm saying? If you can get a score, a good uh, rebounding defense, big man and another player that can score on the block, you're going to be fine and can shoot it. And that's what I've been having for the last four years. And it's been, been, been kind of a pleasure for me. You know, as everybody know, I'm winning this coaching in victory history because I just win basketball games. I just put them in the right situation to play and, and they play it and look what the outcome comes. You know, I've been in the playoffs every year. Did you know that you wanted to be a college coach when you started with the uh, big three? Or is that something that you said, wow, I sort of like teaching and coaching and I want to do something in Oakland. How did that work? That didn't come out like that, David. It, it was just something that just happened. Um, I don't know if I would have took the college job anywhere else, but the, the idea of being in Oakland, California, where I'm from, and it's a startup job where I don't have to live up to nothing or I have to build, or I, you know, I got something to build too. You know what I'm saying? You know, and I got to stay right there. Now taking over a job for Oregon State, people would have been like, "Ooh, you, the, the all-time great of Oregon State. He has to be this. He has to be that. He has to go out and recruit." With my own program, I can build from what I'm starting. You know, I build. I set the tone. I bring the, the players and, and the teams there in there to play and stuff like that. So it was just a right opportunity, and I'm home. And, and, you know, and I can bring the players that, that can play like me. I'm going to bring players in to play like me. They're going to play defense. They're going to they're gonna be, they're gonna be hard-nosed kids that if they get in a situation, then with their backs to the wall, they're going to fight it out. And I think I got them kids right now here at Lincoln University. So for people who don't know, you're taking over Lincoln University. It's in Oakland, in your hometown, where so many teams are leaving you actually have the chance to take over that city. 
I'm, I'm a former baseball guy. We could talk about the Oakland A's and the craziness that's going on there. But you say you have a chance to build a program. When you start and you're offered to start this program, really, how do you start by getting the first player? What's your pitch to that first guy? You know, David, that's a great question. And the pitch is, is that you guys got to look at it. You're going to be playing for a Hall of Famer. I don't care who school you go to. If you're um, fantastic and you have a talent and you're sensational, a scout going to look at you anywhere you at. They're going to come find you. It is what it is. And with my knowledge and with my connections, to make a call and say, I got a kid down here that I think you should come see. I think they're going to come see him. Especially if he's playing the right way and he's doing the right things and he's playing to a level where he's a he's a pro, they're going to come watch him and they're going to look at him. And I'm going to get them on TV so they can see that and things that, and I'm going to make them play teams that are credible, that they can be noticed. Like if we're at playing a Notre Dame or we're playing a Cincinnati and they're coming to see, the pros are coming to see somebody on that team on Cincinnati or Notre Dame. Man, they'll be like, Gary Payton, he got a kid on there too. Let's see him. And it's a surprise guy that they say, ooh, Gary got somebody. I got to watch out for him. And that's all we need. We just need one of them, them breaks. And I think these kids are going to get a break. And I go into there and then I tell their parents, listen, I didn't tell you how to raise them. Please don't tell me how to coach them. Because <laughs> I'm going to get them to be men. And I'm going to get them to be right. I'm going to get them an education. And we got to understand one thing. Everybody's not going to make the pros. So we got to have another avenue to go down. Are you going to be successful as being a teacher, a lawyer, a doctor, a fireman? You can do the same thing and be successful. And I want you to get an education for that. And when you get an education, you got to respect that. It's something free that's going to do something better in your life, get you out of doing nothing at home, and then get you to become somebody. And that's what I, I preach to them. Have any of the players come to you and said, hey, can you help me? You're a Hall of Famer. I, I want to get some money for my name, image, and likeness. I may not be well-known, but I'm looking for another revenue stream. Has that filtered down to your program yet? David, it hasn't, because that was the first thing that came out of my mind, out of my mouth, I mean. Listen here. You're coming to my program. I will get you what you need. If I think that you, you're a, a, a kid that we can get an endorsement, we can get something for that. I'm helping you out in that way. My kids have not um, received a stipend yet because they're just now starting school and they're just now getting into school. So they haven't got a check yet. So some of them are, are, are struggling to get the wash, to wash their clothes, to get, to get a meal. They haven't had their meal plan set yet, but I keep telling them, be patient. Everything is gonna come. Don't worry about this. You're here, you're free. You save your mom and dad some money. You're, do you're doing it to something. You're getting free gear. You're, you're going to school for free. You're getting free books. You're doing everything. You just got to wait and trust me and know that I'm going to make it better for you. And I am going to make it better for you. You've just become a father to another 12 or 15 people. <laughs> right? If you think about that's what being the difference between yeah. being an NBA coach. And I was thinking about your relationship with George Carl and all the different coaches you've had over the years 
and Pat Riley, and then what you're doing now and what you take away from all the different coaches. And I'm, I'm curious, as you think about how you're going to run your program, not so much the way you coach the big three, although that's a part of it. Who do you think about? Who's in your head when you're talking to your guys and to your players? Which of your coaches? Three coaches that, that comes to mind. Ralph Miller, George Carl, and Pat Riley. They're the, they're the three that comes to my mind. One, uh, Ralph Miller, had taught me that I was an offensive-minded guy. As soon as I came in there, we didn't practice for, with, with a basketball for a week. He made me sit down and do the things that I needed to do. He always talked to me. He said, the one thing, if you think you're better than basketball and you don't have nothing else to learn, hang up your tennis shoes and call it today because you're lying. And you're not, you're not in realistic because you're going to learn something every day. Every day and every time, because somebody's going to be better than you and something else is going to create. And I took that as a kid, 17 years old, going into his program. And I took that and I'm putting that in my kids now. George Carl, I'm taking, just be special for me. You know, that's what he told me. He said, be special. I don't want to be getting up every day calling the play. One, two, three. You got to be the general on the floor. And you got to make trust. I got to trust you. And if you let me, if you um, um, really prove that, I won't say nothing to you. And I'm telling that in my, my players now. If I trust you, I don't have nothing to say to you. You got to do something special. If you make a mistake, because everything is not going to be perfect. If you make a mistake on the offensive end, how do you make, make it up for me? You make it up on the defensive end. Give me a big time steal. Give me a big time stop. Give me a big time rebound. You do something like that. If you're struggling on the offensive end, you got to think about, man, let me stop somebody so that it'll equal out with the other player. And then with Pat Riley, the conditioning, the in shape, the championship style. That's what I put in my players now. They're on a ritual. They're on a, on a, on a tough schedule right now. You know, Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, they got weights and, and running. Third, third, uh, Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays, they got basketball where they're running. So they're there. And we're on body fat. We're on, we on pinch and weight. That's what Pat Riley had us do in Miami. We had to be under. My guards have to be 5% body fat. My big men have to be 10 or 9. That's what it's going to take. And when that, when that time comes in that fourth quarter with five minutes to go, who's going to be the most fresh team? I think Gary Payton's team is going to be the most fresh team. Did George Carl give you the most freedom of any coach in your career? Because there's such a history with you and George. That's interesting to hear from you. Yes, it was. I, I think him and Tim Gergerich, who is really, really my father. Tim is really the one who, who, who kept that relationship real good. When he brought Tim Gergerich in and Tim Gergerich took me and, and put me on his wing and taught me everything I know, them two coaches is, is, is the one that revamped me. If everybody know, I, I struggled my first two years in Seattle. See, I don't want to, to, to trade me. They thought I was a bust. And then when, when our owners, the Aggies, came in and asked me what the problem was, and I said, I need a new coach. I just can't play for Casey Jones. They granted that wish for me, uh, me and Sean. And as soon as he came in, as soon as George came in and he brought, he brought Tim in, it was a wrap. You know, I made an all-star team every year after that. Think about the power you just had as a player. And I went through this with, with my teams where they'd, they'd come to me and say, we need a new manager, we need a new pitching coach, we need a new hitting coach. Now that you're on the coaching side, 
imagine if one of your players is going to your athletic director or going to your owner, whatever the case may be, asking for a change. Do you think that's too much power to give to a player? It sure. I mean, uh, I think so because what it is is that then it, it makes it makes a coach feel 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 uh, just real crazy because then they're they're telling me because this forty million dollar player which I'm trying to make him play the right way is unhappy with what how he's how I'm trying to teach him to be better and he comes and complains and then gets me fired you're saying the forty million is better than the four or five million dollars you're giving me you're not giving me a chance. I, I, I just have no power. It's just like he should be coaching. So I would just say, yo, let the player coach it. Let him coach it. You know what I'm saying? If he knows everything, let him put the, the, the X and O's out there. Let him do the subbing because you don't need me. You know, so that's a big problem for me. Do you remember what Kyrie Irving said when uh, Steve Nash was hired as the Nets coach? Kyrie Irving said, I don't know why he was hired. Me and KD are the coaches of this team. And that's just a shame right there. You know what I'm saying? And that shouldn't be, that shouldn't be said. You know, that, that should not be said. You know, so I think that that was a bad statement by him. You should respect the coaches. You should respect the guys who are putting in positions. And if you want to be that guy, if you were a guy that was the, uh, my superstar and you come to me and you perform on the floor and do the things on the floor that you're supposed to, then I'm going to, I'm going to bring you in on everything I'm doing anyway, because I want to keep you happy. I don't want to keep you, keep our team happy. So that was a, a situation where he should have let Steve Nash come to him and say, well, cause I, I know Steve, I know him like, a, I know him very well. I, I, you know, I raised him, him and Jason, you know, here in the Bay area. So I know Steve would have came to him and say, Kyrie, what you need? What, 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 what should we do? What do you like? But just to blow him up off off, off day one, it, 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 it's, it's just kind of far-fetched. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it was far-fetched. But that's how Kyrie, Kyrie is that guy. He's a competitor. He's a competitor that wants to be, compete. And that's, that's just the way it went. But it's so different now, right? Because players and all of us have such a bigger platform with social media where everything we say, there were times in the 90s in the NBA when there was a lot of stuff going on. And there's just fewer people to know about it because there was no Twitter, there was no Instagram, and players really were more like Jordan, where they didn't take a position necessarily on social media issues, on, on social issues. Kyrie obviously takes a major position on issues. What do you say to your players as a coach? How do you control their social media presence? How do you balance social justice and systemic racism and all the other issues that are going on while you're trying to coach a basketball team and win games? David, that's a great question. With, with these men, you know, this is a big part of their lives now. Uh, that's why I'm, I'm glad that we didn't have that because we would have been in trouble in the 90s because a lot of things are going on in the 90s. And I'm glad we didn't have that. I'm glad we didn't have these cell phones with, 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 phone with, with, with uh, cameras on them and stuff like that. It made us a little bit better. That's why I don't deal with social media now as much. You know, I don't, I don't be on Instagram posting where I'm at, all this stuff. It, 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 it's about business on them, on them, on them Instagrams and them Twitters. I'm just posting nothing but business, you know, to make my business better, to make my school better. And I'm getting to my players in the same way. I can't stop you from being on that social media, but I can, I can't control what you're going to say about this basketball team. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to say something good about the basketball team, post something great. 
post something that that's going to make a positive and don't have a, a negative coming out of it. You know, I don't want one of your teammates said, dang, coach, why is he saying that? Why is he doing this? And our business is all out here. Our stuff is in-house. I try to make my players be families. Um, we have, we have be, um, got a system now where I got two of them roommating together. And that's their brother. And I told him, if your brother is, is, is got uh, class at 11, he wake up at 10.30. Y'all know y'all got to get there. You get him up. You make sure he get up. Throw water in his face if you have to. That's your brother. Don't do, try to downgrade him or make him act like you act like you want to have him fail because you're going to fail too because I'm making accountable of you. If he gets in trouble, I'm putting you in that responsibility because you should have been his brother to help him, to say, come on, get it going. Call Coach Payton. Coach, he's not getting up. What should I do? And that's what I want my kids to be understanding and, and responsibility. Well, I'm quite bullish on your program because all the things you're saying means that you're going to not just get a pro out of that. You're going to get a winning team. But better than that, you're going to get real menches. You're going to get good young men. I want to switch gears, Gary, a little bit. Just last week or this week, I'm sorry, would have been Kobe's 43rd birthday. And so I've been thinking a lot about Kobe and obviously we all, you played against him. And I was thinking about the, what, what was it? The 03, 04 season. And uh, you played, you played with him, didn't you? Yes. So tell me what were you, what were you, there were so many things going on back then with the Lakers. There was so much negativity. People don't talk about it as much, but the Kobe Shaq dynamic. And then you got to play with Shaq without Kobe in Miami and actually win a ring. What, what was it like back then? Did, were you forced to be in a position of mediating? Well, that, that was an interesting year. Um, when me and Carl basically signed with the Lakers, we were coming, I was coming for Shaq, and then Carl was coming for me. Um, so we were coming together. That was probably the first super team, you know, with the four of us. We were looking forward to that. And then you know what happened with Kobe. He got into a situation. And then you know what happened to Shaq. He got into a situation with Dr. Buss. Um, so everything was kind of not meant to be. You know, it was just up in the atmosphere. God probably didn't want it to happen. And when we got into the season, it was just a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? I, I had heard about all the tension between Shaq and, and Kobe. It wasn't really like that. It wasn't really like that. It was just that you had two brothers who was a bigger brother and a little brother, and they were competitors. And they wanted one out of the, they wanted one something out of the other one. The other one wanted something out of this one. And they were acting like brats. That's it. That's all it was. It was just acting like brats. You know what I'm saying? And the big brother wanted the little brother to respect him. The little brother didn't want to do it, but it was okay. Then you got the two big uncles to come. And that was me and Carl. So one of the uncles took one of the nephews and the other one took the other nephew. And I really got to know Kobe like that. And he became really, really close with me and a little brother. So as that was happening, we brought it all together. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was good. It was good. You know, what people don't understand, Carl didn't play 62 games. Shaq didn't play. 39 or something. Kobe didn't play about 35, you know? 
it, it was what it was, and we still made it to the championship. It was yep. just that it was just a thing that just wasn't meant to be. It just wasn't meant to be. But I'm glad I got a chance to be on a team and meet Kobe because after that we became really, really close. And you know, it, it, you know it, that that really broke my heart and is really, really getting to me now because that kid, you know, was a kid that you know was was really special and and he still should be here. The Carl you're talking about is Carl Malone, of course, the longtime Jazz who did go to the Lakers. And the thing with Kobe, <clears throat> it's almost as though you were put in a position. You called yourself an uncle, and it's an interesting comparison to what you're doing now, not just coaching the big three, but also with these college kids. You're, you're going to be their coach, their father, their uncle, and you're going to watch them as they grow. And as you watched Kobe grow, what would you say made you the most proud as he then sprouted after being with you? Was it winning an Oscar? Was it becoming the charitable man he was? What would you say about Kobe that you saw in 03 that the world didn't see until after? The kind Kobe where everybody just thought that he was selfish and he wasn't the person he was, just a guy with talent. Nobody knew Kobe. I got to know him as a person, as a young man as a person who would fill his heart out to everybody and do things. It wasn't like that when people think. I'm just trying to tell you guys that. Kobe was a, was a guy where he had feelings. He had a lot of things going, but he just was a dog. He just was a guy who wanted basketball, was grit on the basketball court, and a dog. He just did what he had to do to win. That's it. And that was all it was. And I don't have no, no problems with that. That's the way you have to do it. It's just like with me. I had to talk a lot of trash to get my game to where I wanted you to. But I didn't care what nobody thought about me on the court. That was just is what it is. But off the court, I'm the sweetest guy. You know what I'm saying? But Kobe was the same guy. And people didn't know that. And they didn't get to know it. But they were about to get to know it because he had just taken over women's basketball. And he was going to take over women's basketball with his daughter, Gigi. And it just couldn't be, you know? And I think right now it would have been a, a, a big difference in girls' basketball right now because Kobe would have took over. He would have been having everything going right now, programs, everything. He was just about to start on this, and people just didn't know it. And they would have seen his heart there. For him to come out of basketball and then start coaching his daughter and being on the sideline and flying him everywhere they was doing and giving him stuff, people were understanding that. And so finally, you leave the Lakers and you come to our hometown team, the Miami Heat. You, instead of Shaq and Kobe, you had Shaq and D. Wade and Pat Riley. And that year ends with a ring. So would you say Shaq, Wade were then a better combination in terms of winning? I guess you'd have to because they won versus Shaq and Kobe. I, I couldn't say that. I, I'm not going to compare that. I, I think Shaq and Kobe was probably the better of the one. At that time, Dwayne Wade was only two years in the league. He just started, and then he just had a, a phenomenal playoffs. Phenomenal. You know, and I had to, I was the oldest one on the team, and I was, you know, I was the captain. So I, I had to just say, hey, look at here. Shaq, step to the side, man. Let this young guy get down. You called him Flash. That's what he is. Let him go. And he took us to the championships. But as you look at it, Kobe and Kobe and 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 Shaq was a little bit different. They won three in a row. They won three championships in a row. 
You know what I'm saying? So we, we can't say that. I, I think that duel was, was, was remarkable. They went through a lot of grind. D-Wade and Shaq did the same thing. But I don't like to compare compare stuff like that. I think what was your favorite memory? Gary, what was your favorite memory of the of the championship season? What's the moment when you said, not the end of the last game, but the moment during the season when you looked around and said, wow, uh, we can win a championship here? When we all just said, forget it. Let's stop thinking about what Pat is trying to put into our heads. Let's just all play for ourselves. When we had a team meeting, I just told him, forget Pat. Care less about Pat. Pat is our coach. We're trying to win this for ourselves. Think about ourselves. Think about our team. We're, we're playing for each other. Don't worry about what Pat going to put out on the floor, what he's saying, how he act crazy. Whoever get on this floor, just play hard and leave it on the floor. And I've seen that when we went on like a 16, we won 16 games or something in a row or something like that and got back into the playoffs and everything. And then when we got in the playoffs and then we did what we did to Detroit, I knew that we were going to be the team to beat. And once we got to the finals and we got down 2-0, I went in there and I told them we're going to win all three games in, in Miami and we're going to be up three, two. And then we only have to win one game in, in, in um, Dallas. And we came out and won the first one in Dallas and we beat them four, four straight. And I knew that was, we, we were the team right after we beat Detroit that year. Did Pat lose the locker room a little bit that year? Cause that happened to us when we won the world series, there were times when our manager lost the clubhouse. Well, I don't think Pat lost. It. I, I, I think Pat was the one who really, really put it together. I think he he made a trend because we had a pot in the middle of the floor. And it was like almost like rings and things. He, we threw a lot of stuff in there, things that we're going to uh, think about what's good in our life and what's tre tre um, treasured in our life. 15 strong, it was called. And that's what we had to do, 15 strong. And that's what I'm doing with my team. I brought that from him. I told our team, we're 15 strong. We got to stay together. And that, I think, when he changed that way and didn't want to be the militant type of coach and just have us be together and he stick with us. And we threw, one of, every 15 of us threw something personal into that pot. And he said at the end of this, at the end of this year, when the goal has been reached, we can go in there and get it again with something special and get one of something who threw it in there, take theirs, not yours. And we won it and we did it. What did you throw in? Well, I, I threw in one of my mom's my mom's um, ring, her wedding ring. I, I got it and, from my mom. And what did you get out? Well, I took out <laughs> Shaq crazy, but <laughs> Shaq crazy, but he be throwing in stupid stuff like draws and <laughs> stuff. I want to take that, so I took what he threw in. <laughs> Cause he thought that was good. Cause it was lucky, his lucky pair of drawers and stuff like that. So it was good. So you traded your mom's wedding ring for a pair of Shaq's drawers. How <laughs> big are Shaq's drawers? Do they even, what do you use them for? Like a blanket? <laughs> That's what we got. And I got them now a frame. <laughs> That's a big frame. Yes. All right. I want to get back to the big three because tomorrow you're starting the playoffs. You're going to be in Atlantis in the Bahamas, which is a nice treat. You're trying to win the Julius Irving championship trophy. I'm rooting for you to beat Lisa Leslie's team because you're here on nothing personal. And I want people to watch on Paramount Plus and on CBS. And I want to end this by putting you on the spot for one second, Gary. I want your top all-time big three team. If you can draft a team all-time, anyone you've played with, anyone in your era today, 
anyone. Who is it? In my era. Or today's big, era. Anybody. Big three. And I got to choose five, right? Please. I'm going to do John Stockton. I'm going to do um, George Gervin. I'm going to go Will Chamberlain. Um, then I'm going to, I got to go, it was at three. I got to go Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. Who's going to be hitting the threes? You got Bird out there on the wing? Bird out there shooting the threes. I got John running the, running the point. I got George Gervin giving you all kind of buckets everywhere. I got I got uh, Magic giving you a post-up all around a, a, a matchup problem. And I got Big Wilt. You know, you got- I, I, got, I got Big Wilt in there just dunking everything, getting you getting you 60 and, and 30 rebounds a game. I don't know who's going to stop us, man. We're going to be all right. I think that you'd win a championship with that team. Well, yes. Good luck, Gary. I appreciate you taking the time. Your team is called the Three-Headed Monsters, a very successful coach. Now Gary's in college as well, coaching a new team out in Oakland, which is, I can't wait to watch Lincoln University. Gary, thanks so much for being here. Thank you, David, and thanks for having me. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.